What's up, family? It's your boy, Daniel James II, founder and host of Black Voices on the Hill with co-hosts Erica Yurinki and Marquand Fredericks. Black Voices on the Hill is a podcast and radio show for the culture. We center Black lives, amplify Black stories, and enhance the Black experience at Cornell University, Greater Ithaca, and beyond. Black Voice on the Hill topics range from racism, police brutality, to colorism, sexism, to Greek life leadership and white elitism in the Ivy League. Black Voice on the Hill envisions a Cornell that's sensitive to the plight of its Black students, aware of the Black excellence in its college town, and unabashed about them changing the world. We see Black excellence at Cornell, we believe in Black empowerment, and we love the Black experience. Listen, Black Voice on the Hill is brought to you by WVBR News. To see when more new and upcoming episodes and for other Cornell and Ithaca news, follow at WVBR FM News on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or visit us at our website at WVBR.com slash Black Voice. Voices. Subscribe, leave us a rating or review on Spotify, Apple, Google, Overcast, and tune in right here on WVBR 93.5 every Friday at 2 p.m. And the podcast releases on all platforms on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Let's tune into the episode, family. <laughs> What's up, family? It's your boy Daniel James, the second baby. Oh, I'm so glad to be back on the air after a long time. It's been about about five months, ain't it? It's been about five months, so maybe a little bit more, maybe six. I don't know. But anyway, I'm the founder and host of Black Voices on the Hill, along with co-hosts Erica Yurinki and Marquan Fredericks. Listen, Black Voices on the Hill is a podcast and radio show for the culture. We center Black lives, amplify Black stories, enhance the Black experience at Cornell, Greater Ithaca, and beyond. Listen, Black Voices is brought to you by WVBR News. Catch us on all podcast platforms. Tune in right here on Fridays for the live episodes and the episodes release on all podcast platforms on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Listen. I have a very special guest in the studio today. I got my boy, my friend, my brother. Um, listen, he is, um, I've known him since he first joined Malarso when I was on their e-board um, of Malarso. Jeremy, he is a junior at Cornell University, right, Jeremy? You're a junior? Yeah, I'm a junior. Member of Cornell Consulting. Um, he's in Black Gen Capital. He's on the e-board from Larso, serves as a VP there. He's, listen, he just does everything. He, he's dived deep into Cornell, and that's why we love him. Listen, please welcome to the studio, Mr. Jeremy Garage. Is that the right, is that the pronounced last name? Garage, Garage. Garage, Garage. Thank you, buddy. Welcome to the show, Jeremy. Hey, Daniel. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, really. buddy. Of course, man. Listen, we got to get to talking about what's been going on. As you know, I graduated in May, so I'm alumnus. Oh, that's kind of gross. It's kind of gross. It kind of sucks. It looks like y'all have been having fun, though. Yeah, no, time has been flying, like, actually. Like, I was just sitting down talking to my housemates about it, like, yesterday, literally. The semester has literally, like, just zoomed by. It's crazy. We're in like week 10 right now, but it literally feels like it's been one week at most. So, Oh my gosh, that's crazy. How's the semester going? You were talking a little bit before we even started just about junior year and those types of things. Like, how is it different from being a sophomore newcomer? Like, what's the challenges? Yeah, so I think 
my sophomore year, especially since I was a transfer into Cornell, like all of my classes were the core classes. So now moving on to some of like the advanced electives and taking some classes like outside of ILR, like upper level arts and sciences classes. And once again, as being a transfer, like getting used to like that new college's methods of courses, because last year I got used to like the ILR methods and now it's like getting used to like arts and sciences and like others as colleges in general. So I think it has to do with like both the upper level of the courses and getting used to that. Because like, I swear, it's it's crazy. Nah, ILR, ILR is an amazing um, place, amazing program. If you listen to this, please, then School of Industrial and Labor Relations, consider it, as they say on the ads. If you're interested in social justice, if you're interested in law, policy, business, finance, whatever you're interested in, go to ILR. But <laughs> when you get into the upper levels of a lot of these courses, I've um, I found a lot more, I guess, like intellectual freedom, which I enjoy um, and just being able to find, you know, my place. Like if I there's no pre-law track, then I knew I want to go to law school. So like that was cool at Cornell. Um, but yeah, I agree, buddy. You almost there. You almost to the finish line. But when we first jumped on, Jeremy was talking about his struggles with regard to justice recruiting season. Tell us about how you became involved um, or even interested in consulting, because that's sort of your what you really are focused on postgrad consulting business. I don't know, maybe finance. I don't know how all of that works. Um, so tell us what that season is like for you, that recruiting season and how you're navigating it. For sure. Yeah. So I got involved in, I guess, the business world of Cornell sort of essentially like right when I hopped on campus because a lot of the people that I were meeting, they were in like black gen and then they told me to apply for that. So within my first few weeks of my first semester on Cornell's campus, I applied to black gen and I got in. And after that, I did the stock pitch and there's a section called the catalyst section. And it's where you like take current events that are happening in like sort of the business world and see how they'll impact the company that you're pitching their future and ultimately increase their price, hopefully. And so that sort of aspect of like strategy really interested me. And then afterwards, I applied to two organizations. I applied to Bridging the Gap, which is an off-campus org, which provides nonprofit or pro bono consulting to BIPOC businesses. And then I also applied for a Cornell Consulting Club, which is on campus. And I got into both of them. And then I was really interested in consulting. And then I just found out like, out of nowhere, it was like crazy because this was in February when I found out I had an interview for PwC and that's like really, really late in the internship timeline in terms of like business. Like when I actually got to the internship, a lot of my friends, they were like, oh yeah, we got our offers at the end of our freshman year. But then I got the interview and I interviewed with them, got the position. And then I worked over there in the New York office over the summer. And I, we were doing pro bono consulting too. And I just really like all the aspects of like working in a team, impact-driven work, and also analyzing trends. And so that's what Jimmy did consulting. And with recruiting, in regards to recruiting, I think one thing for me was I was already kind of happy where I was at. I just wanted to see how far I could jump up like the corporate ladder, just in like in terms of increasing like my career in like a summer but still it's like something we all aspire for but 
I applied to a few different firms and this season was tough with the recession. <laughs> like a lot of people like me, myself included too, like recruiting was difficult this year. Like not even with like balancing interviews, even getting an interview first, but I was lucky to get some interviews. And then after I got the interviews, the only thing was now balancing everything that I'm involved with on campus with prepping for these interviews. So that was really where the struggle came from, like managing my time more than what I'm used to, because I just sort of came down with like a packed schedule and I was really able to organize myself and get myself in the rhythm. And then like I get an email telling me that I have to be like in New Jersey a week from that day <laughs> for an interview. But I have like a prelim. <laughs> it's kind of like, whoa, relax. <laughs> Golly. Man, they're just throwing you all around. They better be paying for it. Okay. Yeah, they are. They are. Everything's covered. Yeah. So, ooh, yeah. yeah, everything's covered, but it's just stressful because it's literally like they'll tell you like a week's notice for a super day oh, if it's no. in person, though. But that's just because Zoom's getting erased. Sometimes. Other than you being awesome, absolutely awesome. How do you, how have you been able to distinguish yourself? And, and the first thing I wanted to address was about the BIPOC consulting, because what people don't realize is that people of color issues and particularly black issues, like they, there are many layers, right? How does a BIPOC business and a black owned business in particular, how do they benefit from knowing trends or what a consultant could provide them? And then after you answer that, I want you to talk about just how you distinguish yourself. But yeah. For sure. So whenever I talk about doing like pro bono work, as opposed to working for a bigger corporation, I think the impact is like a lot larger in the sense that you see it in front of you because a lot of these organizations, because they're small owned businesses, they don't really have the capital to research like how like a big firm or like a big consumer company, like just a huge company, like they don't have the same resources. So when consultants come in and since we do this pro bono, which means it's free of charge when we come in and we analyze trends for them and we tell them what's up and how they could improve their business. I think that's really beneficial to them. And for instance, on my previous engagement that I had last semester, I literally told the owner to do like a bunch of strategies with Instagram posts and implement like giveaways and stuff like that. And then in a giveaway, she posted it. And I remember within a week, it got like over 250 entrants. So like, just seeing that and being able to like see the results like right in front of my face was crazy. And it just feels good too. The results. Now, when you talk about, again, this is the last question about that part, right? Before we move to how you distinguish yourself. But mm -hmm. again, I think what people don't realize, like what set of skills are you relying upon to do these? Like, for example, like I know... You can look at a, a issue or a trend or something that's going on with the business and realize like it's not going in a positive direction. And but how do you come up with the solution, I guess, maybe like or is it just you have to have a that's just part of your mindset. You just that's, that's a skill set you have to bring or like what are you relying on to determine you should do a giveaway as a way to attract more business as mm -hmm. opposed to you should do, I don't know, a, a free merch day. You know, I don't know was yeah yeah no for sure i think a lot of it comes with like some skills that i know that i use a lot more like 
research skills and like research specifically with this business as into what were the top trends with because she was an online retailer so i just looked up like what were top trends for online retailers and also like in that space like we have to like figure out so i guess research and also analytical skills because they will give you a business model and you have to really analyze that and figure out where they can improve their business like for us it was figuring out a target market for her to target and then a target social media platform for her to utilize and then after we did that we gave her advice on how to improve her accounts on those social media platforms as it was going and so i think definitely both research and analytical skills along with communication because it's us providing our work to them so the better of a communicator you are the more effective your advice is going to be for sure because your clients are going to be able to understand it more so i think those skills man communication is everything right i, I feel like i've been hearing that a mm-hmm. lot like being able to articulate i don't know why i've been hearing that a lot but just being able to articulate your vision and 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 also being able to articulate um an issue or a problem well um receiving it well um it's more than what you do is more than consulting is more than just some like professional advice you know like it's research-based but also like i didn't even think about being a good communicator as being a key part of that and particularly the way in which it can affect bipop businesses so Shout out to that. I like that. I'm looking for the the black lens of everything. I'm trying to see. Okay, so that's very good. I want to ask then, how do you distinguish yourself as a black young man in these spaces? Um, Yeah, how do you do that? Because these are very competitive spaces, Jeremy. Yeah, for sure. I think I'm really able to, or at least I try to be able to distinguish myself through my personality. Personally, I've been in like interview rooms for like super days and not seen many people who look like me at all, if any. So just the way I sort of try to navigate everything is approach everything genuinely and come at people with not like, I want something from you. Like instead, I just want to get to know you. So that way, especially in like behavioral interviews and stuff like that, and not even just behavioral interviews, like networking or even just interacting with people there's always going to be like a small foot in the door where it's not like, Hey, that kid was like overzealous and like immediately asked me for a favor. It's going to be like, Hey, like I had a good conversation with that kid. He's really genuine. I really like that. kid. (laughs) Hopefully. And then, (laughs) and then from there, like also coming prepared is a big thing as well, because I know, especially I saw this past recruitment season, it's difficult. It seems for people who look like me to sort of, get into the stage or on that platform for like a super day or for something like that. So coming in prepared and coming in knowing that I really have to be on top of my stuff is definitely another way because I don't ever want someone to say that I was too unprepared for a job ever. Like I don't want that to be a main critique of me in an interview. So hundred percent coming prepared along with staying genuine. Mm -hmm. And I think also just being human, like being there in a sense, my mentor in Cornell Consulting, Zuhair, great guy, him. but he, love yeah, I love him. <laughs> when he prepped me through my first ever like behavioral prep for an interview, I specifically remember him telling me like, there's a difference between being present at an interview and actually being present. So the way I also convey myself 
and like talking with my hands, making eye contact, smiling, little things like that. That's also how I make myself stand Listen, out. I don't know if y'all know it. And and I know you listen over the radio waves and the airwaves, but Jeremy really is one of the most genuine. I'll take that back. He is the, he is the most genuine, especially I'm thinking about his class. He's the most genuine young person and just man like since the first time I met him you don't have to question his motives uh he's just he's just exactly who he is and he's not trying to I don't know be anyone else other than who he is and wants to walk fully in his purpose and even if it's in consulting and whatever you know work that affects BIPOC lives you know in Malarsa his work there in that space and and uh, I tell you, he's a gift to Cornell. He really, really is. I want underrated though. He's underrated. It's underrated the gift I think he is to Cornell, which is why I think his story is really important. So Jeremy, to sort of the, one of the last things we'll talk about today is really just about how you got, I know we're starting like, we're moving like to now to backwards, but I want to talk about because you're, you didn't come to Cornell your freshman year, I don't believe. So talk about how you ended up coming to Cornell, um, that journey coming here. Um, tell us about that. Yeah, for sure. So my senior year of high school, I applied to Cornell and then I applied to ED, got deferred. Then when I got deferred, it came down to regular admission and I got waitlisted. So after like being on the waitlist for, I think it was like a month or two, I got an email from Cornell saying that they weren't able to take me off the wait list, but they were able to give me what's known as a transfer option, which is where I do one year at any accredited university in the States and my next three at Cornell. So especially since it was COVID-19, one thing that I was really taking into factor was like the price of everything. So I had a few options when going into college. I had Fordham University. And for them, I was actually going to walk onto their track and field team. And then even with that and like talking with the coach, seeing how, I could increase my aid. They were like, we could give you like up to 50% off, but 50% off for Fordham is 40K. And for a school that I wasn't going to graduate from, that's a ton of money in any school in general. Like 40K is crazy. For half, Mike. But, mm-hmm, for half. And then after that, I was looking at some SUNYs that I applied to as well. SUNYs are the state schools in New York and they're public, so they give cheaper tuition. So I had two options. I had SUNY Albany and SUNY Buffalo. Those are the two that I applied to and the two that I wanted to go to. But both of them made me take out loans. And for me, originally, I was going to go to SUNY Buffalo. But after doing some thinking about how I'm not going to graduate from the school and how, like, I'm essentially taking out loans for a school that I'm not going to walk across that stage for, I was like, you know what? Especially because it's COVID-19, too. I was like, I might as well just bite the bullet and stay home and go to community college. So. I stayed home and I went to my local community college, Dutchess Community College, and I completed like all of the prereqs that they had me complete. And also I ended up winning the scholarship too. It was this awesome class that I took. I won the Gulf McNick Scholarship, which is, it was awarded to a student for the knowledge on post-colonialism and its impact on Caribbean culture. Because for those that don't know, I'm Puerto Rican and Haitian. So I love learning about Caribbean history and Caribbean culture, but I won that scholarship. And also I created this nonpartisan organization called Future Voters Hudson Valley, where I got a hundred of my peers to go pledge that they would vote in the 2020 election. So that was really fun, a really fun thing that I did as well. But 
After that, I came to Cornell and I transferred into the School of Industrial and Labor Relations. And somewhere, like I think it was like the middle of my semester, like around now, I applied to be on Malarso's e-board. And eventually I applied and that's how I met Daniel. <laughs> and here we and here we are. That's why <laughs> and we're, that's right we're here right now. Beautiful journey. You know, some mm-hmm. kids are not, they they would not have taken that that situation as an opportunity to grow or even just to shine like you did and and taking this opportunity, making that calculated decision. I don't know, maybe that's why he's in consulting, but I think, uh, I think I want pe- people to be encouraged about owning their own journey and realizing that it might not look like everybody else's, even especially being a black student, because we are often, our journeys are so pitted against one another so often. I want people to realize that you can be authentically you what'd you say be authentically you be present and then own your own journey I think that's so good Jeremy's keys are so translatable to life in general (laughs) be present be authentic and own your own journey I think that's a powerful powerful lesson from Jeremy today listen uh, I want to ask Jeremy you know what can we expect um, next from you other than you getting these job offers you know where do you want to be I know we're kind of nearing the end of the year so maybe you can and this is going to air in November so talk about before this year is up you know what are some personal goals that you have and things like that mm, thank you so I think some personal goals that I have especially this year is getting to a set like study schedule especially now because everything's in person it sort of feels like school's like a hundred percent back and like there's no more of those online tests. So really figuring out how to get back to actual learning. That's a goal that I have for myself that I'm reaching, but I'm still yet to a hundred percent succeeding. And then I think another thing is just like a little bit more with like going to the gym. I think especially with like recruitment. I didn't really have time <laughs> for like the past month. So like getting into a set gym schedule for sure as well. And then I think like on campus club involvements, definitely still going to be like in Malarso, of course. And I'm also on the found, or not founding revitalizing board of the Haitian Students Association. I'm a co-VP of events. So you're definitely going to see me planning some events, co-VP, shout out to Harry, but those are some things that I'm going to be up to for the end of the year. Listen, I um, I relate so much to that working out thing. I'm trying. We have a gym right here in Schwartzman College. For those that don't know, I'm in Beijing, China, doing my master's. So we have a gym in the basement. I try to go. Actually, you've already inspired me. I'm going to go tonight. I'm going to go after this. I'm going to go tonight <laughs> and just get it in because I should. Um then again, I did just get my hair cut. I don't know if I want to. Ah, Jesus. But anyway, so I might go to say, um, I think just being active in general is, you see that time? I, I, I just want to give a commercial break in this show and tell you one of the most cruel and anti-Black things at, at Cornell University. Bro, they, when we graduate, they still let us have Zoom accounts, but I want to let you know they cut. We used to have unlimited time. Jeremy could have hosted our interview and we could talk for 10 hours on Zoom and it would record all 10 hours. 
because I'm a graduate, they cut my Zoom package. I have to do interviews in 40 minutes or less or do part of it and hop on another Zoom. That, that's problematic. Cornell, do better, Cornell. See, now that's how we got to end the episode now because I don't like that. Um, Faith, do not cut this out. Let this air on the radio because I want them to hear this. This is absolutely ridiculous. But nevertheless, um, Jeremy, I relate to so many of those goals personally, just being better about my body and about my time and about managing and finding the app that works for me to do all of this, turning off my notifications when I go to sleep, putting on focus, you know, like all these things. So I definitely relate to it. And it's good that you're learning the lesson now as a junior because the practice is going to be easy when you become a senior, when you get that job. So um, we're just sending our prayers and our thoughts to you, man, that you do the best. Um, any closing thoughts before we close out? Because we must close it out. Any other thoughts? Daniel, so I think first thing I want to say when closing is definitely Cornell. Got to do better. Got to do better. Got to do better. Got to upgrade Zoom. <laughs> Because we need to have Daniel on for longer than 40 minutes for sure. <laughs> and overall, I think this was a great experience. I think some things that I really like some people to take away or people to take away, I guess, is just embrace your journey and always like go into things being genuine and always try to stay positive. I think that's something that's helped me out a lot, like staying positive and just always trying to stay true to myself and be myself, especially in college where it's a place where you really find yourself. So figuring out that and figuring out your passions and what you're interested in and like what you actually want to do in life and what your purpose is. Definitely want to um, just emphasize that. And overall, thank you though for having me because this was a great experience and my first ever podcast. First so this was really cool. First of many. Okay, first of many. Because <laughs> my little platform is saying nothing, but I know you're going to greater heights, greater greater things and we I just I think it's about time we had Jeremy on BBH so um y'all this is like a little brother to me he really is he, even though he's physically t- taller than me very much so he he is like a little <laughs> brother so um I appreciate you Jeremy thank you for coming on today man appreciate you brother Sorry. listen black voices on the hill once again this has been another episode with Mr. Jeremy Grage Yes. Okay. Perfect. Wonderful Correct. to see one yep. more new and upcoming episodes of Black Voice on the Hill. And for other Cornelia Ithaca news, be sure to follow us at Black Voice on the Hill on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Listen, follow WVBR FM News and tune in right here on WVBR.com every Friday. Our website is WVBR.com slash Black Voices. Subscribe, leave us a rating, a review. You don't want to miss the next episode. It could be me. It could be Erica. It could be Marquand. You don't want to miss the next episode, baby, of Black Voices on the Hill. Peace out, family. Later. Didn't y'all enjoy that episode? I hope you did. To see what more new and upcoming episodes of Black Voices on the Hill for other Cornella Ithka news, follow us at Black Voices on the Hill on Instagram, Twitter. Follow WVBR FM News on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or visit us 
at wvbr.com slash black voices. Subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, Overcast, and tune in right here on WVBR 93.5 FM. Don't turn that dial. We'll see you next week, everybody. Shout out to my executive producer, Miss Faith Schultz. Peace out, family.